morning, y'all. I'm Katie Kamen, and it's Friday, January 20th. On this date, 14 U.S. presidents have taken the oath of office, including one of them who was inaugurated in three different years on January 20th. Can you guess which president that was? I'll have that answer coming up. But first, let's see if our weekend forecast earns your vote. We'll head over to the Live 5 First Alert Weather Center. And good Friday morning to you, meteorologist Joey Sovine here. We're starting out this morning with a clear sky. Beautiful start to our day. Little cool outside, but not too bad for January. First thing this morning will be at 65 at lunchtime. Upper 60s, close to 70 degrees for highs this afternoon. Not quite as warm as the past couple of days, but still unseasonably mild for this time of the year. Average high is about 60. Now tomorrow we go below 60 degrees, 57, and that's with a cloudy sky by the afternoon. It's a bit chilly on Saturday. Then a first alert weather day for Sunday. Saturday night into Sunday becomes very wet out there. Several inches of rain is going to be a possibility before drying back out early next week. You're listening to Morning Y'all, your local headlines and first alert weather forecast. Powered by the Low Country's news leader, Life 5 News. Now, here are your news headlines for this Friday. 18 is facing several charges after he reportedly stabbed two other teens. The Isle of Palms Police Department says the 17-year-old is facing two charges of attempted murder and possession of a weapon during a violent crime. Officers say the stabbing happened Sunday at the intersection of Palm Boulevard and 26th Avenue on IOP. A report says officers were called to an area hospital for that reported stabbing. The two male victims, 14 and 16-year-olds, both came to the hospital with stab wounds. Police continue to investigate. A woman is recovering this morning after a crash in Beaufort County. Officials with the Burton Fire District and Beaufort County EMS say the crash happened just before 9 yesterday morning. They say it happened on Ann's Point Road by Perry Clear Drive. Emergency crews arrived on scene to find a heavily damaged SUV. They ran off the road and crashed into a tree. You can see the damage there. Officials say the extent of the woman's injuries are unknown, but not believed to be life-threatening. South Carolina lawmakers are attempting to crack down on drunk drivers. Two upstate legislators have introduced a bill that aims to hold convicted drunk drivers accountable, which is known as Bentley's Law in other states. Yeah, we're now hearing from a low country attorney on what legal roadblocks the state could have to go through before it's passed. Anna Harris has more. This bill, if passed and signed into law, will require convicted drunk drivers to pay child support if a parent is killed in a crash. This legislation has already been introduced to eight states, and one state has already acted on it. Before that happens here, some say more boxes need to be checked off. About 32 people die every day from drunk driving, according to the National Highway Traffic and Safety Administration. Frank Harris with Mothers Against Drunk Driving says he'd like to see this bill implemented, but he has concerns that lesser offenses might be handed out to those convicted. Lowcountry attorney Mark Pepper says he does not think this would happen, but also agrees there's still missing pieces to the bill. He says it often happens that the state comes up with a great idea in theory, but it's a question of how it will work in the real world. Until they come up with a closure of that loophole, there's going to be problems with the law, both for being vague and both for being impractical. 
This bill was referred to the House Judiciary Committee for review. Pepper says it is not likely that you will see South Carolina signing this bill or passing it for at least another two to four years. In the newsroom, Anna Harris, Live 5 News. Now, right now, there's no law on the books in South Carolina that criminalizes trafficking fentanyl. State lawmakers say passing one is a top priority this year. Yesterday, subcommittees in both the House and the Senate took up fentanyl uh, trafficking bills that would charge suppliers with homicide if they distributed a drug that led to a fatal fentanyl overdose. While lawmakers want to pass legislation that cracks down on the fentanyl epidemic, they say getting there is no simple task. We need to make sure that when we seek to fix a problem, we don't create another. And I'm simply saying, and my concern is that we are not locking up individuals who think they have Percocets, who think they have Xanaxes. Senators have advanced both of their bills to the committee level, while House members say they want to wait and hear more public testimony before voting on their bills. State lawmakers are trying to figure out how 14 other states have managed to get the drugs for lethal injections. This comes as judges are deciding if the electric chair or firing squad are legal execution methods in our state. The state's latest attempt to end nearly 12 years without an execution is to pass a law shielding the identities of the company that provides the drugs and any pharmacist or prison employees involved. South Carolina's last lethal injection drugs expired around 2013, leaving no legal way to carry out death row sentences. Death row inmates say both the firing squad and electric chair are constitutionally prohibited, cruel and unusual punishments. The bill now goes on to the full Senate Corrections and Peniology Committee. The Transportation Security Administration says a record number of guns were discovered in travelers' carry-on luggage by officers last year. According to the data, Charleston International Airport had the most guns discovered in the state at 32, which is up from 30 discovered in 2021, setting a new record. In total, the state saw 79 total guns in carry-on bags in 2022, up from 72 in 2021. The TSA says they screened more than 6.5 million travelers in South Carolina airports last year. The Public Service Commission of South Carolina is now considering an agreement that would raise energy bills for people and businesses in 12 counties, including Georgetown County. Earlier this week, Duke Energy Progress reached an agreement with groups representing business, consumers, and the environment to increase energy rates. The original proposal would have seen an increase that would have generated $89 million for the company. After negotiating with groups, the rate hikes were reduced by 41%. Effectively, that means uh, customers will have to pay about $11 more a month. For small businesses, that rate increase is about 5.3%, much less than the original proposal. Energy costs are a big factor for small businesses, uh, for them to try to be profitable. A 12.1% rate hike would have been very damaging. Knapp says state regulators still have to approve the rate increase, which could take several weeks, but he expects that it will be approved. It's expected to take effect on April 1st.
A professional soccer player has passed away after a boating accident in South Florida. Dozens of supporters gathered at Bank of America Stadium to hold a vigil for 25-year-old Anton Walks. A native of England, Walks was currently a defender for the MLS team Charlotte FC. A spokesperson for the Florida Fish and Wildlife Conservation Commission says Walks was involved in that boating crash off the coast of Miami Wednesday. First responders found Walks unconscious in the water. He was taken to the hospital where he later died. Officials say the investigation continues. Well, today is an exciting day for golf lovers and anyone who's looking for a new activity to try. Yes, Top Golf opening its first Low Country location, making this location the third in our state. Our Emily Johnson, she is live from the new facility where she tells us more about the excitement behind opening day. Good morning, Emily. Good morning, Aisha and Nick. Well, even if you aren't a top golfer like me, you can come take a swing at it. The new top golf location is here in North Charleston, nor near the Charleston Convention Center and the Tanger Outlets. Top Golf is a sports entertainment complex with a high-tech golf game that is similar to a driving range but includes a point system, food, and drinks. The location also includes 72 hitting bays, a mini golf course, shuffleboard, foosball, cornhole, and plenty of TVs to cheer on your favorite sports team. Anyone 16 years old or younger must always be with an adult, and anyone under the age of 18 must be with an adult after 9 o'clock p.m. Kevin Kraft with Top Golf spoke with us earlier this week and says the entire staff is ready for opening weekend. Yeah, we're super excited to get our doors open on Friday. You know, anticipation is there for the community. Also with us, we've been wanting to open this project for a long time and super excited to, to be almost near the finish line here this week. He says that they're expecting an extremely busy weekend, so if you want to get out here, make sure to make a reservation ahead of time on the Top Golf website or app. Reporting live in North Charleston, Emily Johnson, Live 5 News. So exciting. Have to head out there. Have you done I it know, before? I haven't, but I really want to, so I'm excited that they've got a, a, a location here in Charleston. It's a fun time. Well, thank you, Emily. And now, along with the opening, the entertainment complex just announced its first charity golf tournament. Yeah, the tournament is set for March 23rd. The Folds of Honor charity event provides life-changing scholarships to the spouses and children of America's fallen or disabled military members, as well as the families of America's first responders. The Golfing for Charity event sponsored by Cruise Chevrolet will feature 35 bays of play on the top floor of Top Golf. Got to get on the top floor. Yes. <laughs> At the top of the show, I told you that today's date has been popular for presidential inaugurations. 14 of our presidents, including John F. Kennedy, Richard Nixon, Ronald Reagan, Barack Obama, Donald Trump, and Joe Biden, were all sworn in on this date. But one president was sworn in on three different January 20ths. That chief executive was Franklin Delano Roosevelt. For his second term, the inauguration date moved for the first time from March to January. For his second, third, and fourth terms, he took the oath on this date. The years were 1937, 41, and 45. He died just a few months into his fourth term. Celebrating birthdays today, astronaut Buzz Aldrin is 93. Movie director David Lynch, who brought us movies like Blue Velvet and Dune, and the TV series Twin Peaks is 77. TV host Bill Maher is 67. Actor Lorenzo Lamas is 65. And The Office actor Rain Wilson is 57. 
Thanks for joining us for Morning Y'all, powered by Live 5 News. I hope you have a great weekend. I'll talk to you Monday. Thanks for listening to Morning Y'all, produced every weekday morning. You can listen and subscribe at live5news.com slash podcast. And download the Live 5 News app for your mobile device. Get the latest news and weather updates 24-7 from Live 5 News, the Low Country's news leader.